0: Let's all quote John three sixteen together this morning. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the basis of my message this morning. John three sixteen, that God would send his Son. Could you do it? Could you? Could you send your child to die? I could I couldn't. I like having my kids around. I would rather die for them. That's how Jesus felt. That's the love of the Father who loves us. That he gave his only son to die. That we might live. My title this morning, Be Right or Be Left. (laughs) Be right or be left. You can't be both. If you're not right, you ain't going. Entry into hell is assured to us upon birth without salvation. Now, I'm not talking about babies, so don't don't get all up in an uproar on me. I'll talk about that in a minute. Entry into heaven for those who know the difference between right and wrong. Is assured only with. I'll bring it. Entry into heaven for those who know the difference between right and wrong is assured only when you are saved. What is saved? Salvation, accepting the fact that Jesus died on the cross and rose for your sins. It sounds too simple to be true. And you know what the world is saying is, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Well, I'm telling you right now, this is the one thing that is simple and is true. Entry into hell is assured without salvation. Now, you should have a handout, hopefully, so if you want to fill in the blanks, hopefully I'll cover them all. Sometimes I jump around on my notes, so you better listen closely entry into heaven our entry into hell is assured without salvation. we are born into sin First John 1:10 says if we claim we have not sinned we are calling God a liar. Anybody ever say I've never sinned? if you said it you just did it because that's a lie no one of accountable age is exempt from judgment. The accountable age I'm talking about? Those that know the difference between right and wrong. A baby, newborn, obviously doesn't know that yet. It's something they have to learn from the example of their parents. Now that's a whole different sermon, isn't it? Talking about the example of the parents and what the kids are going to learn. Kids can royally mess up their children by training them up in the wrong way. The Bible says, train up a child in the way it should go, and in the end, he will not depart from it. That's Proverbs 22.6, I believe. Is that right, Bill? <laughs> Romans 3.23, for all, say it with me, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is heaven. All Is anybody not in that word? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages then of that sin is death. Say it. Death. But, it says, isn't there nice to have a little... What do they call that? I, uh, I can't even think of the word at the moment a but a qualifier that's what I'm looking for isn't it nice to have a qualifier in that sentence because it doesn't, if that's that qualifier we'd be in trouble because the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through who? Jesus Christ now it said gift right do gifts cost money? Well, to the people who buy them, yes. Jesus paid. Jesus paid for our gift. But he gives it to us freely. When you give your gifts gifts, uh, to your children for their birthdays or their Christmas presents, they're gifts from you to them. Free to them, but they cost you. Jesus paid the highest cost for your gift. Only a fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their actions are evil, and no one does good. No one. That is Psalms 14.1. No one is righteous. Not one. Nobody is born above the fray. No one. The reward for sin is eternal hell. We talked about that already. The wages of sin is death. And I believe, and the semblance of God believes, in a literal hell. A literal hell with a literal lake of fire. Where you will burn if you are not a Christian. Like Moses in the burning bush, you will be burned but not consumed. You will never die. Everyone here is assured of eternal life. It's no a matter of where you want to spend it. Burning or praising. is assured with salvation. The ticket is free for the asking. Ephesians 2.8 says, God saved you in his special favor when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. I'm using the New Living Translation this morning in case you don't recognize the words. The ticket is not transferable. Turn your Bibles to Philippians 2.12 so you can see it for yourself. You cannot give this ticket to anyone. You cannot give this ticket to your children. Your your children cannot inherit this ticket. Your children do not get a ticket by virtue of the fact that you have a ticket. Philippians two twelve. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more to my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Work out your own salvation. Don't work out your wife's salvation. Don't work out your husband's salvation. Work out your own salvation. You're responsible for obtaining your own ticket. You can't buy a five pack. How many have heard about children inheriting salvation? There's a lot, of, a lot of places that actually believe that the children are saved, if the parents are saved. You realize that? They think it's like U.S. citizenship. If you're, if you're born on this soil, then you're a citizen. So if you're born into a Christian family, into a Christian nation, you're going to heaven. There's a lot of people out there that claim to be Christians because they live in the United States, which is known as a Christian nation. Well, i got news for them. Without Christ personally in their lives, they are not a Christian. Think of the word Christian. Christ, I-A-N. What's I-A-N mean? I am nothing. Without Christ. Christ. You cannot be a Christian without Christ. You cannot. doesn't matter if you come to church every Sunday. The ticket cannot be earned by being good. There are churches out there that think good works are the way to go. The more you do, the more you get, the more, the, the more better off you'll be when it comes to heaven. Well, being good and doing good works as a Christian is a very important thing to do, and we are commanded to, to do that. But it is not a requirement for our salvation. Our salvation is assured on the cross by what Jesus did, not by what you did. Titus 3.5, He saved us, not because of the good things we did, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins and gave us a new life through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. God saved you by His special favor when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not an award for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Is that pretty clear? I would think so. But yet there are churches out there that kind of jump over that verse. And they think that doing good works is the way to go. Let's see what do they say. Well, we believe the Bible only is is interpreted correctly. How can you misinterpret that? Well, I was a minister. I was on the board. I went to church every Sunday. I bake pies for every auxiliary meeting. I'm sorry. That won't get you a ticket. Make you feel good while you're here. But it won't get you a ticket. There's only one way to get a ticket. Accept Christ. Into your heart. With faith believing that He died on the cross for you. You didn't see it. You weren't there. I didn't see Abraham Lincoln live I didn't see him get shot but I believe it happened I didn't hear the shot that went around the world but I believe it happened because here we are even more so do I believe that Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago for me and if only for me that's good enough for me but I'm so glad He came for you too. He came for all. All who will believe, all who will accept Him. Matthew seven twenty-two and 23. Talking about the sheep and the goats again. On judgment day many will tell me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. I will reply I never knew you go away sounds to me like you can do the work of the Lord and not make it in without your ticket you can stand on the street corner and play all day long on your guitar that doesn't get you in the band there's something you got to do to get in the band if you want to get into heavenly man, you better get yourself a heavenly pass. Now, this is serious, folks, because there's a lot of you in here this morning that have done this. They have accepted Christ as their Savior by saying, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart, cleanse me, and make me anew. There's others that did that when they were children, they may or may not know what they did good and bad, but oh well, you know, God's grace will cover me if I do wrong. Well, God's grace is there to cover us if we do wrong. But abuse of His grace is when you say, well, I prayed, I'm forgiven, so now I can go steal, and next week when I come to church, I'll pray again. Do you really think God honors that? He He knows the intent of your heart. He knows whether you're serious or not. You cannot fool God. You can fool me. You can fool your parents. You can fool your children. You can fool everybody. I think it was Abraham Lincoln who said you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Well, you can never fool God. He can read your mind. He's the only one, thank the Lord, that can read your mind. The devil can't read your mind. The devil can place thoughts in your mind, but he can't. Listen to what you're thinking. Only God can do that. So you do have a little privacy from the enemy if you choose not to listen to his whispers into your ear. Doing things that are not pleasing to God is not going to help you keep control of that ticket. There's churches... Out there, denominations, some believe you can lose your salvation, others believe you don't. You can't. My Bible says, no one can pluck you out of his hand. No one can pluck you out of his hand once you're his child. But are you going to live a life of victory? Or are you going to live a life of continual battles because of your actions? The Bible talks about those that make it into heaven by the hair of their chin. Just barely. Like those, the the servant that had the one talent, instead of going out and doing something with it, he just buried it and waited until the master came back and said, See, here it is. He didn't get to enter into the glory, according to that parable. Only the ones who did something with their talent entered into God's glory. So what am I saying? Can you lose your salvation? I think you can give it back. I do. I think that no one can take you from God. But I think you can turn your back on God and He'll let you. Why? Because He loves you. He will bring you back. He will bring you back. Because He won't let you go. You may think you turned your back on God and you gave up on Him. But I'm telling you right now, He will never give up on you. No matter what you do. So He's always there for you. Even though you're not always there with Him. He's just waiting there with His hand out. For you to reach up and grab His hand again. And He'll cleanse All those things you did when you backslid. Backsliding. It is a doctrinal issue in the different churches, whether or not it's even possible. All you need to understand is that you don't need to abuse God's grace. You can't live like hell all week. And then come to church and expect God to say, oh, that's alright. Without asking Him to forgive you. Because, I'm sorry folks, it's not alright. Sinning during the week is not alright with God. Sinning at all is not alright with God. Because the wages of sin is... Are you understanding what I'm saying this morning? There's only two ways to get your ticket punched death and rapture. Paul talked about it in 2 Corinthians. He said, We are fully confident that when we are away from the body, are at home with the Lord. King James says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He's talking to Christians there. Those who die without Christ are going to stay in the grave until the great judgment day. We don't have time this morning to go into the details of end times prophecies. I might, break, I might cover that subject some other time. 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, the call of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, all the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with him forever. So comfort and encourage each other with these words. Going down to chapter 5, verse 2 of First Thessalonians, it says, For you know quite well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. 2 Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then when the heavens will pass away and the terrible noise and everything in turn will disappear in fire in the earth and everything on it will be exposed to judgment. The rapture, being caught up, when Jesus comes back to take his own, is going to happen soon. And if you are not a Christian, you will not be taken, you will be left. If you're not right, you'll be left. And I'll just briefly tell you what you have in store if you're playing church and not a child of God. First of all, the Christians will be gone. There will be no more influence of Christianity. The devil, who will raise up the Antichrist, will have free reign on this earth for seven years. The first three years will be tough. There will be judgments from God. The last three years will be hell on earth. And if you're not a Christian, there are some of these judgments that you can't even kill yourself, even if you try. You will go through the judgments, if you're not a Christian, when the rapture happens. I'm not saying you can't be saved after the rapture happens, because it's very clear, very clear, that there will be a great multitude who come to Christ after the rapture happens the hell of the Antichrist. Who wants to do that? Who wants to face the guillotine? Renounce Christ and your Christianity, take the mark of the beast, or have your head chopped off. It says so in the Bible. There's two sins. Two sins that are not pardonable, that God will not forgive. Two. Anybody know what they are? blasphemy, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> which, believe me, you cannot do it by accident. So don't think you did you. <clears throat> if you think you did it, and you're sorry about it, you didn't do it. And taking the mark of the beast. You're a Christian. You can't do either one. It's not possible. You you can certainly grieve the Holy Spirit. We all do. When we sin, we grieve the Holy Spirit. When my children do something wrong, I am grieved. It causes me grief. Because then they force me to do something about it in the form of punishment. I hate that. And I'm sure most of you parents do too. They grieve the Holy Spirit when we do wrong, when we disobey God. But to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is something you make a conscious decision to do. And it's irrevocable. So, do you want a ticket? How many have a ticket?
1: Hallelujah!
0: Praise the Lord! Amen. Praise Praise the Lord. Lord. Now if you raise your hand because you didn't want to look like you didn't raise your hand, <laughs> we're going to stand and pray anyway. Praise but before we do that, I'm going to have Sister Sharon come and sing a song that came out in the 70s. Anybody ever seen the series of movies about the rapture, The Deep in the Night, Distant Thunder... It's called The Thief in the Night. There's three of them. They showed them in churches. Thief in the Night, talking about the rapture, Distant Thunder, and I forget the third name of it. But there are three movies in a series that Billy Graham put out, talking about the rapture and the, the uh, end times. And they were designed as an evangelistic tool to basically scare everyone to realize what they would be facing without Christ. And this song that Sharon's going to sing is the title cut of that, that uh, album. So we'll have her sing it, and then I'll come back up for a moment. figure it out. She's never heard the song before. But she did a wonderful job never heard the song before. She asked me this morning, there's a part I don't get. So I said, well, that's what you do. I realized when she did it, I know what she meant now. There's one sentence in there I guess I forgot to give her. Oh, yeah, I know. The father spoke, the demons dined. Satan will have a party on Rapture Day. The sun has come, and you left behind. Him. There's only two times in the course of this world that the devil is going to have a party. One of them he's already had, and Jesus crashed that one by rising from the dead. And the next one's going to be the rapture. He's going to have a seven year party. Seven years of party for the devil. Because he knows he's got seven years to go. He's going to try to go out with a bang. He's already started, though. Look around us. Look at the way people are. Look at how easy it is to accept sin in this world today. Homosexuality, it's accepted as the norm. My Bible says, in every version that I've seen, my Bible says, they're not going to heaven. It's nothing personal. They can still come to Christ. Homosexuality is a sin like any other sin. So if you're stealing a candy from the store, I'm sorry, you're just as guilty as a homosexual. The adulterer, the murderer, the rapist, God doesn't have any hierarchy of sin. Sin is sin to God. In this world we put cultural values on different levels of sin. But God doesn't. If we're born into sin, that means we didn't have to do anything. We just had to be born. Our life on this earth, because Satan is the ruler of this earth, our Life on this earth is a continual battle as a Christian to do the right thing, to keep from sinning. It's a daily battle sometimes, sometimes it's a weekly battle, sometimes it's a minute by minute battle, depending on what you may be going through at the time. Now I'm not saying you can blame the devil for everything that goes wrong in your life because I guarantee you if you look in the mirror you'll see someone who had a part in it. Do the things that God has you to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will follow. And you will live a blessed, joyous life in spite of the circumstances that are thrown at you. Peter was in the middle of a storm. Jesus called him out of the boat. Peter started walking around the water. In the middle of a storm! But he had his eyes on Jesus, so he was able to walk on water. The minute he looked down at the circumstances, down he went. And then he had to raise his hand back up, and say, "Lord, save me." Some of you may feel today like you're on the walking on water part of your part of your Christian walk, and that's wonderful. But don't take your eyes off the Master, and certainly don't think it's all about you, because I guarantee you, you'll be in the drink. That's what we called it in the Navy, the drink. Keep your eyes on the Master. And if you don't have Jesus as your Master and Savior today, right now is the time to do it. Why? Because you don't want to be left. You want to be right. Yes? Yes. Yes. Would you stand this morning and we'll pray together. Repeat after me, please. Father you to be my Father. Because I accept your Son. I believe He died for me for my sins. And that He paid the price for my sin. Forgive me, Jesus. Come into my heart. Make me a new creature. Let old things pass away and all things become new. Help me, to seek you first. Help me to seek you first. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. It's that simple. And now that you've all heard this sermon this morning, you all are hereby commissioned to go do the same thing to someone else. Preach the gospel, win those souls to Christ. I gave you the roadmap. You have your bulletin insert. You have all the verses so that you can talk to people about it. Study those verses. Memorize those verses so that when you're placed in a position where you can lead someone to the Lord, those verses are in your bow cabinet and the Holy Spirit can bring them back to you when you need them. That's why it's vital to put the Scripture. In our mind, in our heart, in our soul. So that when the time comes where we need to know something from God, He's not going to speak outside of us. He's going to speak through His Word. Because that's why we call it God's Word. There's nothing that He hasn't said that isn't already in here. So digest it, soak it into your very soul. Just real briefly. Deborah and I were talking a few days ago because I've been working on an idea about a sermon. How do you know it's God talking to you? It's not always audible, is it? It's not something you just know, is it? So I was talking to the Lord. Saying, well, God can get it that I know what you're talking and you know what he said right out of the Bible my sheep know my voice if you're a child of God you will know his voice you can be clumped up with a bunch of other sheep in in, uh, the Middle East The farmers come, the sheep herders come together and they mix all their sheep in one pen and they go do their thing in town. They come back up, they yell, their sheep know their voice and they go with. And the other sheep stay there. Kind of like rapture practice. Do you want to hear God's voice? Then read what He has to say. And then tell everybody else about what He's saying to you. Because you will. In spite of what you think of your personality and your ability or lack thereof, you will lead souls to Christ by merely walking the walk and talking the talk. You will do it. You will be successful. And you will be rewarded in heaven. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank You. This morning we have time to talk about Your Word. What Jesus has done for us, Lord, we ask that you all every day remind us the price you paid for our redemption. Let us never take you for granted, Father. Let us never take for granted the sacrifice that you made in giving your Son to die. Help us to go through this week walking triumphantly, victorious. In salvation. In spite of the circumstances that may come our way. And help us to respond to those circumstances in a way that would be pleasing to you. Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.